this message, the sermon series that we're going to be on for the next probably four weeks, really was birthed out of, of prayer and quiet time. And if you uh, pay attention to the things that are going on in our world, if you are not careful, you will lose your mind. <laughs> Is that just me? Guys in church, we can't get sucked into all of that stuff. We need to pay attention. But the Lord was just stirring me up because, because I'll get fired up and I'll get angry and I'll get upset. And i got to remember that God is still in control. And God is not surprised. And it actually grieves and breaks God's heart. And so this message is not going to be a real feel-good message but guys, it's going to be a battle cry for the church in these last days. God is going to separate the wheat and the chaff. Yeah, somebody said, uh-oh. You know what I mean by that? He is going to separate his children of purity, his children of righteousness, and those children that are truly seeking the one, the way, the truth, and the life. And the title of this message is, God Hates. No amens on that one? <laughs> Did any of y'all see that title maybe on your outline today and think, man, what are we going to be talking about today? See, guys, as I've been praying and just, just talking and speaking to God, I feel like we're in a social bubble that we've created. We're in political spheres that we're in. Think of it like this. Maybe because the church forfeited that ground a long time ago. We haven't spoke out. We didn't stand up. We retreated. And God wants His church, He's going to separate the wheat from the chaff. He wants the church to realign itself with God's values. And if you read God's Word, you know He has some standards. See, because this is what happens. And do you all know that this, who believes in this? Y'all know that they, somebody say they, are already labeling this hate speech? They are already labeling this hate speech. And so who has ever heard God is love? Anybody? Is that true? That's absolutely true. We're going to read the scriptures today and, and, and prove that to you, that, that God is love. But here's the thing. See, the enemy, the devil, he's sneaky. And he twists the truth and he twists the word of God. And the world will even twist truth. And it will use it to say, because God is love, I can be whatever I want to be. Because God is love, I can worship Jesus and still look at pornography and be okay. Because God is love, I can still... Love Jesus and still be addicted to drugs and alcohol. Or if I, if I believe in Jesus, I can still be, be gay and go to heaven. Y'all know the Bible doesn't say those things. God is love, but He wants us to move to a place of faith in relationship to be purified and to be made righteous by who His Son is. Who's ever heard God loves you just the way you are? 
Is that true? There's a yes, but. See, God wants us to grow in relationship. And so God is love, and God loves you just as you are. These are cultural statements, guys, that have been twisted and manipulated so that people no longer have to be offended. That's wrong. You can't twist the truth of God because it offends you. I didn't write it. The church didn't write it. The Holy Spirit wrote it. And so if you want to go to heaven, God loves you just the way that you are. But you know what? Maybe this might even challenge you. God's love is not necessarily unconditional. Pray about that. Because if you read your word, you know what? There actually are some conditions. <laughs> I have to believe that Jesus is Lord, Savior, Messiah. And then i got to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to purify my life. So as we start off, look at that first scripture. I want to prove to you that God is love, okay? We are not going to be preaching God is hate, okay? But you can write this down. This is for free. Anybody, if you'd like to take notes, I'm going to give this to you for free. See, God loves everyone. He does. But He doesn't love Everything. God loves everyone, but He doesn't love everything. What does He hate? He hates sin. He hates evil. He hates abortion. He hates sexual immorality. He hates pornography. He hates anything, divorce. He hates anything that tries to kill, steal, and destroy from His children. God is love. God loves everyone. And God don't send anybody to hell. We send ourselves. Do you love God more than your addiction? Do you love God more than your pride? Do you love God more than being right? Do you love God more than your sacred feelings? Because God will step on your feelings, y'all. So I'm excited to dive in. Anyone excited? You tracking with me? You ready to do this for the next four weeks? Let's look at this. Look at 1 John 4, 7 through 11. I want to prove to you that God is love. That God is love. He loves you. And he's glad that you're here today. He's glad that you're here watching us online if that's you today. But look what it says. It says, dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from who? From God. God's the author of love. He is love. He created it, okay? Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God. For what? What does it say? For God is love. There's your truth. There's your truth. Okay, there's a but. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world that he might have eternal life through him. That is real love. Not that we love God. but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us so much, we surely ought to love one another. God loved us before we chose God. 
Anybody go to our Celebrate Recovery? A couple of you. I come from Celebrate Recovery. I chose me, myself, and I, my drugs, my alcohol, my everything for 25, 6 years before I ever gave Jesus a chance. Did God's love change in my mess? He was still for me. He was still with me. Praise God, I came to Jesus before my, my clock ran out. I'm on borrowed time, guys. Borrowed time of grace and favor and the love of Jesus. And because I know I'm on borrowed time, it makes me thankful, right? God loves, loved us before we loved him. God loves sinners. God, hear me, God loves sinners. His heart breaks for sinners. His heart was for Ian when I couldn't see straight. God loves sinners, but he hates the sin. He loves sinners, but he hates sin. Church, we can't just tell people God is love. God loves you. God loves you the way that you are. That's a partial truth. It's not the whole truth. We have to value people's souls more than their toes. Churches ain't preaching that. Where does the real breakthrough and freedom come from? Not staying the way that you are, but growing in Christ. Growing and going with Christ. Right? Look at that next point. So God is love, but God also hates. Man, that's a radical statement. The, the internet might shut us down today. I don't know. If they do, that will be like a badge of honor to me. Because the world despises truth. It's starving for truth, but it's looking for truth in all the wrong, somebody say wrong, places. Man, y'all are in the right place today. Hearing some truth today. Because God loves righteousness, He hates what? Evil. Because God loves justice, He hates injustice. Because God loves sinners, He hates sin. God proved how much He hated sin by sending His best to conquer sin for you and for me. Who the Son sets free is in Deed, God did that out of love, but because he despised what was killing, stealing, and destroying his children. People living less than, people thinking less than, people believing less than. You have more negative thoughts about you every day than you do the, the, the positive and the, the life excuse me, thoughts that God has for you every second. Where does it say Jesus is right now? Seated at the right hand of God. Guess what he's doing? He is interceding, praying for you, seeing the potential in you, seeing the good in you. And he hates the evil that is coming against you. And that's why he prays for you. And that's why he died for you. That's why he bled for you. To set you free. To stand for God is to stand for truth and condemn evil. Condemn what they're trying to do to our kids in the public school systems. Shut us down, Facebook. I don't care. I ain't scared of Facebook. 
Guys, and we live in a great part of our nation, the Bible Belt, right? But I'm from Michigan, and it's crazy up there. My family still lives there, and they have lost their partaking in it. Well, God is love, so if they want to identify as a tree today, that's, that's not hurt their feelings, and let them make believe that they're a tree. Y'all, that's dumb. I'm sorry, but that's dumb. That's mental that's mental disease, mental health disorders, and, and, and that's also living a lie. We're going to talk about the things that God hates for the next four weeks. And he actually tells us some specific things that he hates, and he hates lies. And he hates lying. And why would we go ahead and play along, play make-believe with grown-ups that know better? That know better, but they're so prideful. God is resisting those people. So if God is love, did you read what that verse 11 said there in 1 John 4? Verse 4, 11, it says, Dear friends, since God loved us so much, we sincerely ought to what? So here's the challenge. In our pursuit of righteousness, in our pursuit of purity, in our pursuit of truth, condemning evil, how do we Love the person and hate the sin. And this may sound cliche, but it's going to take Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit gives you an opportunity to declare truth and to speak out, let's do it. Sometimes we have to release people to their own mess, so to speak. We can still pray for those people because the world is motivated by hate. And they are accomplishing some crazy things in their motivation of hate, y'all. And this is where it's backwards for us. God hate, He loves everyone and hates some things, but see, we got to be motivated in love. Hate the evil but accomplish things through love. Is that a challenge? We serve the one, right? I didn't say you had to do it alone. It's going to take us, you, me, your neighbor. If you got a neighbor elbow, I'm say it's going to take you. If you got two, it's going to take you too. The scripture. The Lord reminded me of it this week. It says... Love must be sincere. Love must be true. It must, it, must not be, it must not be tainted, right? God is love, and so love must be real and true and sincere. What does it say after that? Y'all got it? Y'all got the NIV version? NIV version says, hate one another above yourselves. And so real love never compromises truth or shies away from correction. Real love never shies away from correction. Any parents in the house? Me and Pastor Jessica having to learn this. I love Xander so much, but in the last month or so, I've had to spangle more than he's than since he's been alive. I'm like, dude, I love you, man. That cliche saying, this hurts me more than you, you know. But I actually do Xander a disservice if I don't. Correct him. Why? Because it gets worse. 
Our society is not going to get better, y'all, if we continue to stand by and silent. It's going to get worse. we got people identifying as trees today. They're going to be identifying as whatever the heck they want to tomorrow. And then if they're allowed to do that, then guess what they're going to teach their kids? And man, some of these people are having kids. We're supposed to train our kids up in, train them up in the way they should go and they shall not. We're supposed to be motivated in love. And these people are training their kids up in the doctrine of, (laughs) they're making it up as they go. See, there's nothing new under the sun, the Bible says, but, but, but man has an imagination. And the devil will let you run that imagination as far as you want it to, as long as it sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And these people are dug in. And it's going to take the strong right arm of Jesus to pull them out. He pulled me out. Y'all, I was dug in. Any other dug in? Evildoers? See, you thought you knew, but you didn't. Y'all remember uh, Saul, who is, or Paul, was, who was formerly Saul? He was killing Christians, and God pulled him out. So God is not, he's above any and everyone. Anyone can be redeemed, but he wants his church to align with his values. He's going to separate the righteous. He's going to separate those who are pure. Real people in real relationship with God. So isn't it crazy that we can, by faith, live for God and hate the things that He hates and not even sin? You should hate evil. See, we're going through this too. Y'all have a lot of streaming services? Anybody like to watch Netflix and Hulu? Yeah, see, there's a, see, I like to do that. It's good for my flesh, but you know what? There's a lot of junk on there. And you try to watch a movie, and you get two two seconds into it, and they're already cussing, or there's already nudity, and you have a choice to make. And it's like, do I really need this in my life? That's how God's separating the chaff from the... Are you going to allow to sit there and watch that junk and those curse words and just take it into your spirit? Because the longer you do that type of stuff, the more dissuaded you'll be. The less, the less good you become and the more evil you become. So you blend evil and good when you do that. God wants us to be separated for His glory. Did you know that? He wants us to shine bright. So we're not supposed to look like the world, talk like the world, sound like the world. Some of us have choices to make. How do we hate what is evil and still honor those who do evil? It's going to take Jesus. And I need to do what God's called me to do last. Do the last thing God told me to do. right? So that I stay in love, so that I walk in love, so that I can love others. Love them in truth. Not love them in lies. Look at that next point. So God loved us so much 
And God hates sin so much that he sent his son to die as a sacrifice for our sins. Jesus' death and resurrection hasn't diminished God's hatred for sin. If you think about it, now you pray about this, but it's actually elevated, hasn't it? Because the price for our sin, the price for all the evil in the world, the, the, the price for man continuing to do all the evil, sick things that it does, the price was the death of God's best. Think of it like this. I believe, you pray about this, I believe God even hates death. Because what happened in the garden with Adam and Eve? Guess what? They didn't die first. They didn't die until they... Sin is disobeying God. They had eternal life. I believe that probably made God mad. It made him sad and mad. And so it took Jesus to redeem the first Adam, the first man, the first sin of man. Because ever since that point, what happened? Sin was passed down like a terrible, that's what I'm looking for, not will, it's a curse, but a terrible lineage, a terrible heritage. Every person born after that had to deal with sin, had to deal with death. And God, through his son Jesus, said, I am going to do something about this. Anybody thankful? Because the cross has the final say. And no matter what you do, no matter what you say, even if you do despicable things, excuse me, kill somebody, God forbid, you do shameful things, wicked things, if you believe in Jesus... Come to a real repentance, returning to the high place that God has for you, and you change your wicked ways. See, I was going this way in my sin, but Jesus came into my life. Something real happened. Something happened in my heart. I began to see clear. I began to see. I said, oh, I was blind, but now I, right? And now I'm going this way. And as long as you continue to go this way in your faith and obedience, you've been redeemed. You've been saved. You've been set free. Are there hiccups? Yeah. Say that with me. Yeah. Are there bumps in the road? Yeah. You know why? Because the devil, when you do that, when you make that correction of course, mm, he don't like that. But you got to continue to believe, continue to move forward, continue to love what God loves, which is people. Valuing their souls more than you value their toes and hating the things that God hates. Who wants to learn about the things that God hates? Let's look at that next scripture. And this is what we're going to do for the next four weeks. We're going to use one a day, and then we're going to use two a week. And so this is how we realign our values, church, with God's values. This is how we shine bright or just live a gray life. I can agree with woke mob culture. I can agree with crazy whatever. You fill in the blank. Or I can stand for truth, shine for Christ, and do what God's called me to do. Right? By aligning my values with His. Look at verse 16. It says, these are six things the Lord what? Say that with me. The Lord hates. He loves everyone. 
but he doesn't love everything. And then it says, yes, seven that are an abomination to him. Verse 17 says, a proud look. Pride. God hates pride. We're going to talk about that today. He hates a lying tongue. He hates hands that shed innocent blood. He hates a heart that devises wicked plans. And he hates feet that are swift and running to do evil. And he hates a false witness who speaks lies and one who sows discord among the brethren. Hear me. If you love God, you have to hate these things. Why? Because they're an attack on God. They're an attack on His authority. They're an attack on His goodness, His righteousness. They're an attack on the kingdom of God. They're an attack on God's truth. If we love God, we also have to hate these things. So these are the six things that we as Christians can also hate. Pride, lying, we just read them, murder, wickedness, those who love to do evil, false testimony, and those who sow discord. And I'm really excited to dive into each one of these for the next couple weeks. And today we're going to focus on that first one, and it's a big one. Let's look at that next point. So we have to despise pride. Right? God hates a proud look. Pride destroys the lives of those who embrace it and the lives of those who are oppressed by it. God hates pride because pride destroys and it separates. Now let me backtrack for a moment because did you know that there is a good pride and there is an evil pride? I was in the military and we, or you know, even law enforcement, there is a good pride. Even you being just an employee wherever you work, there's a good pride that God calls you to walk in. You should be proud of your family. You should be proud of your values, not just yours, but God's values. You should be proud of the gifts and talents that God has given you. And we can, we do God a disservice if we don't walk in a, a, a godly pride, a confidence, a boldness, right? And when you walk in that good, unadulterated, that, that good, pure pride, it actually draws people onto you and onto God. See, what I said, the devil, he's cunning, he's swift. He takes all the good and he tries to twist it. And so there's an evil pride. Pride that says, you know what? I don't need you. I don't need this. I don't need that church. I don't need that small group. You know what? I don't need so-and-so because they're always telling me what I'm doing right and what I'm doing wrong. You know what? I don't need this Jesus guy because he keeps telling me all and showing me all the stuff that I'm doing right and wrong. You know what? I don't need this, 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 and this because I got it under control. Pride is actually a lie because ain't nobody Got it under control. And so pride, it destroys. The person that is living in that place, what is it doing? It is rotting them from the inside out. And when they live that way, what do they do to everyone else around them? It, it comes out of them. Right? And church, this is what we got to move to. Lord, show me this. 
we're not maturing in our faith because, see, I don't like to deal with your pride. See, I see when you're prideful. Your pride rubs me wrong. See, but when I'm in pride, it's okay. Anybody agree with that? Don't lie in church. That's pride in its core. That's pride at its essence. You're wrong. I'm right. We're not going to win people to Christ that way, guys. And that's how they fight. That's how the world fights. So we have to stand in truth and walk in love. But we have to, we have to, we can, we can hate the, the spirit of pride. Because it's the spirit of pride that is doing the damage. It's not the person. We're not at war with flesh and blood, right? We're at war with the powers, the spirits, and principalities that set itself up against the knowledge. So I have to love the person, but I have to hate the Antichrist spirit. I have to hate the, the prideful spirit. And guys, pride it never knows enough. Pride never hears enough. It will take you farther than you want to go. And I'm glad that I woke up before pride killed me. I'm glad that I saw truth before pride killed Ian. And so I wonder how many people are out there just waiting to wake up. They don't know it. I didn't know it. They identify as being woke. But they're really sleepwalking. And they'll sleepwalk right to hell. And God's like, I want to use you not to make them woke, but to awake them in Jesus' name. Awake them and shake them in love and in truth. Look at Proverbs 16, 18. In Sugarboo, I was thinking about this scripture when you were celebrating with our trophy. We got to be careful for next year so we bring home the trophy again. Right? But what does it say? Pride comes uh, before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. I'm thankful we won the trophy. Man, it looks good, don't it? And then after today, we're going to put back on its rightful place. And uh, Corey Lehman, is he in here? He dusts it for us every week. He'll continue to dust the Ark of the Covenant over there on the shelf. Right? But getting serious. Pride comes before destruction. A haughty spirit before the the fall, pride never admits it's wrong. And so it'll continue to drive you to places you don't even want to go. And it will kill, destroy, and touch everything that it touches. And, and even when pride is exposed, when the person is caught red-handed, what does it do? If it's apart from Christ, it'll dig in. It'll know that you, you caught him with the facts. You caught him in the lie. You got proof. You got testimonies. You're caught. And it's like, I'm wrong and I know it and I don't care. You're wrong, right? It digs in. And it continues to kill that person that is bound, stuck by that spirit. Because it's a lie. It never admits that it's wrong. Look at that next point. 
So the Lord really showed me that pride, that spirit of pride is the root of rebellion. It's that fuel that feeds the fire of oppression and violence in our world. God hates pride because pride always tries to set itself up as God. If you let pride drive long enough, you'll set yourself up as God. You don't think you have to forgive people. You can hold grudges. You can live sarcastically. You can live in offense and be justified. No, they hurt my feelings. No, they're wrong. And the whole time you live that way, God actually resists the proud, it says in James 4. The favor of God, you are fighting instead of agreeing with God and allowing Him to fight for you, you're fighting the hand of God when you live this way. This is why God hates pride because it kills and it separates His children from Him because His children have set themselves up as Him. If you think you're God, God's like, all right, prove it. How's that going for you? I don't know about you, but that's a scary place. And I hate to say it, but that's where some of our world is. God wants His children to align with His values. Think of it. Much of the pain inflicted on our world today is because someone, somewhere, is too prideful to admit that they are not God. Marriages. All over this nation, every day. Divorce. Why? Because they didn't do it God's way. If a marriage, both parties make God, put Him in the center, and y'all both keep God in the center, it'll work. I promise you. It will work. Fights, arguments, wars. Because people, authorities, presidents, dictators are all trying to be God. And God despises pride. Look at Isaiah 14, 12 through 17. Y'all know the devil, right? And so many scholars, smarter than myself, believe that Lucifer was a worship leader in heaven. Y'all know the story of why he's no longer in heaven? Pretty much because the spirit of pride, it motivated him and drove him to try to be God. And so God said, God is love, right? We said God is love. But love also stands for truth, and love also corrects. So we're going to read this account here in a moment, but I wonder if God is correcting us in our pride, and my destination is supposed to be in heaven, but if I don't correct my life, I'll be cast down just like the devil was. See, we can look at the devil and be like, man, you was an idiot. You was dumb, dude. Like, why would you do that? We do that every day when we tell God no, when we do it our way. And the devil loves that. He, he slides up to us when we live that way. He stalks in your ear. Oh, yeah. Do you really need to change this? Do you really want to do that? The whole time we're going the wrong way. 
He wants to take as many people with him. Jesus wants to take as many people with him as he can. So does the devil. But let's read the account here. Verse 12 in Isaiah. How you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How are you cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above, somebody say above, the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend to the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble? Who shook kingdoms? Who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities? Who did not open the house of his prisoners? Some translations say did not let his captives go because if you're not living in truth, you're living in sin and deception and lies. And so, see, God sent Jesus to set the captives free, but if the devil can deceive enough of us to think that God's actually the problem, people are being led astray. And he actually holds the grip on their life. And he doesn't let the captives go. Not because God's not powerful enough, but because we chose our sin over God. Lucifer, one of God's favorites, wanted to be above God. And he was cast down. Y'all know the story. And now we have the, the battle of good and evil every single day. Right? Look at that last point. So God resists the proud, resists the proud in all forms of pride. Like an army at war against an enemy, God has declared war on pride. God is fighting for you, but when you are filled with pride, God will resist you in order to destroy the pride within you. When you choose pride over God, you fight God instead of letting Him fight with you. You fight against good when you live by the spirit of evil, by the spirit of pride. And this is the, this battle of good and evil that we have going on every single day in our world. We can be led by the spirit of God or by the spirit of the world, the spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of pride. Right? And the longer, hear me, here's, here's the thing you need to listen and hear. The longer you live in pride, the longer you go without peace. The longer you live in pride, the longer you go without peace. Peace and pride cannot coexist. And see, Jesus is peace. And pride will say, I don't even need peace, maybe. Or pride will say, you know what, I have peace, but I don't actually have it. You're lying to yourself that you do, but you don't. Because you're anxious, you're mad, you're angry, you're frustrated. And you don't have peace because you're living by the spirit of pride. Peace and pride cannot live together because one's good and one is evil. Look at James 4, 6 or 7. But he who gives more grace therefore says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You can't resist the devil if you're living by the same spirit that got him kicked out of heaven. 
You either walk in agreement with the Holy Spirit that gives you life, peace, love, joy, righteousness, all the good things, or you live by the spirit of pride that says, you know what, I got this. I don't need this. I don't need them. I don't need you. And so you can't cast the devil out if you're living by the same spirit that got him cast out. Do you see that? And we can't try and cast that spirit out of the world if we ourselves are living by that spirit. This is what I know. God loves a soft heart, a compassionate heart, a malleable, a shapeable heart. What is a prideful heart? Harder than a rock. Why does God hate pride? Because their heart is so hard. Now God can soften it, but it's going to take the revelation of Christ. As long as we live in pride, we stay and live in agreement with the devil. And God resists the proud because he hates pride. God hates pride because it kills, steals, and destroys. Say this with me. Make this your confession of faith today as we close. Y'all pray with me. Lord, I thank you for this word. I thank you that you want to shake up the nations and you want to use the church to do it. But God, you want people living by the Spirit of God. People that are not afraid of truth, shy away from truth. People that will not just stand in truth, but will fight with truth. You said, I come but to give a, a sword of the Spirit, the truth of the Word of God. I pray that we would rise up in righteousness, rise up in purity, that we would not intermingle with evil. We would not intermingle with with, with drugs, alcohol, pornography, cuss words, that we would not enter. I pray that the church would act like children of God, royalty. We don't need to act like the world or look like the world because we have divine favor. So I pray we would rise up in these days to set the captives free. God, let us be focused on souls and less on the toes. Not worried about everyone's feelings, if it compromises truth, but worried about the destination of their soul. Where will they spend eternity if they deny you? So what I want to do is, this last part of today, if you're here in the sanctuary, watch us online, and you're born again, you, you've been saying amen in your spirit today, you're fired up for Jesus you're in a relationship with him every day, you're born again. I want you to pray for the lost right now. The lost, dying, deceived world. But if you're here today, you're watching us online, and you say, Pastor Ian, I don't know if me and God are good. You know, I don't know if I've ever made Jesus my Lord and Savior. I want that. I want Jesus to, I want to be in relationship with God through his son. I want to love people. I want to love the things that he loves and I want to, I want to despise and hate the things that he hates. Because I don't want to just get better. I, I want my life to get better and I want my friends and my family to get better. So if that's you today, I want you to do something. Not for me, but for God. I want you to stand up right now. Don't be shy. If you're hearing God tug, tug on your heart, if you hear him saying, you need to stand up. You need to stand up today. I want you to stand up. Don't be shy. No one's looking at you. We're actually praying for you right now. 
If you're watching us online, let us know you're making a decision. We'll pray for you. I want to, Pastor Ian, I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. A few more seconds. Amen. And I want to lead us all in a prayer because somebody could be making a decision online with us today. So let's, let's say it loud and proud today with conviction. So Heavenly Father, we love you. We believe in you. We confess that Jesus is Lord and Savior of my life. Forgive me of my past. Forgive me of my sins. Redeem my future. And send your Holy Spirit to lead my life until you call me home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, who's glad you came to church today? Is that all right? Told you it was uh, not so good of a feel-good message, but it's a powerful message. Amen. So you're in the right place today. And uh, we love you. Okay, y'all are dismissed. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Let's invite some people to church next week.